Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, a long look at our love hate relationship with our luggage, design, innovation, durability, and let's not forget lost bags. I'll speak with Toby Stanger, the senior editor at Consumer Reports, the folks who test the bags. Then I'll talk with Emily Davidis from Remova, the legendary German luggage manufacturer followed by a chat with the TSA and learn about their encounters with some pretty strange luggage. And then Brian Owens, the CEO of Unclaimed Baggage, where lost passenger bags go to die and then get reborn. And finally, Chris Elliott on the real statistics of baggage. But first up, from Consumer Reports, Toby Stanger. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Toby Stanger. Hey, Toby. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm a devotee, as you know, to your magazine. I love reading your, your reports and your ratings. I'm going to share with you a little story that uh, you might find somewhat fascinating. How about that for a brief? Uh, 
<laughs> and it goes back a number of years ago where I wanted to do my own test on which bags were going to work and which bags weren't. So we did this for, uh, for CBS. We took a camera crew to New Orleans. And you didn't know where I was when the, when the shot came up on screen. I was in a nondescript room. And I was surrounded by uh, unopened cardboard boxes. And one by one, we opened the boxes to reveal brand new suitcases from the top manufacturers in the United States. We then opened each bag, each suitcase, and in each suitcase, we put in cantaloupes, watermelons, oranges, uh, pineapple, and bananas, and coconuts. And then we closed the bag. We still didn't know what I was doing. And as the camera widened out, where was I? I was at the Audubon Zoo in New Orleans, and we walked into the elephant cage with one suitcase at a time at feeding time, and we just left the suitcase there. Now, we had about, we had about six cameras rolling, and as we, as we quickly learned, we'd been, we'd been told it was going to happen, and it did. The elephants had an amazing sense of smell, and they were going to do anything they could to get in those bags. And we even had a camera on the elephant. We had an elephant camera. We had everybody. And, and we had about, you know, 300 school kids applauding. It was a great, a great performance. But it was amazing to us about which bags lasted the shortest, which bags lasted the longest. And I must tell you, and I'm sure you will be the first to tell me this, so let me say it before you do, it was not a scientific search. It was not a scientific experiment. We just did it because we thought it would be fun. And, and guess what? Some bags lasted, I'm not kidding, Toby, 12 seconds. Destroyed. Other bags lasted a little longer. Some of the most expensive bags didn't last well at all. And we had a winner. And here's what happened when we did the show. And this is where you come in. When we did the show, the manufacturers went nuts. And they all basically marched in unison to CBS News saying this was not a scientific test. We were unfair. This is not the way things were supposed to be tested. Blah, 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 blah. And then two days later, what comes out? The Consumer Reports test on luggage. Guess what? <laughs> it matched our test. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's now you know why I'm a big fan. So let's talk about how you test bags because I don't think people realize what goes into one of these tests. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, years ago at Consumer Reports, we, we didn't have... We didn't have elephants, but you, you may remember years ago there was a, a, an ad with a gorilla. Oh, that was Samsonite. Um, that was Samsonite. They right. did the gorillas, yeah. Right. And what we used to do with consumer reports is we had a giant um, cylinder that sort of looked like the inside of a, an airplane hold if nothing were held down. And we just put luggage in that and just turned it and turned it and turned it. <laughs> Um, we didn't do it that this time when we uh, tested hard-sided luggage. We looked only at hard-sided carry-ons, so the smaller kind, um, that for the most part uh, match what the airlines uh, consider carry-on. We looked at 10 brands, their, their top models, and we used all sorts of scientific tests, as Consumer Reports always does. So we gauged durability. We filled bags with fabric, um, up to 18 pounds of fabric, and wheeled it along an obstacle course. Uh, conveyor belts were up to um, the equivalent of 30, 30 miles. We had a machine lift the loaded bags by their handles 5,000 times. Uh, we dropped them more than three feet on the hard flooring. 
Uh, and that's after storing them in, in uh, cold and hot temperatures, which isn't so easy on plastic. Um, we inflated them with large air bladders to see how the seams held up. And so if you're a, an, an extreme packer like me, um, you can see what would happen. We put uh, 225 pounds on top and, and top and sides of these to see how they might handle be handled if they were at the bottom of a pile of luggage in, say, uh, a cargo ship, in, in a um, cruise ship. Um, and we took a nasty-looking 17-pound pointed metal hammer, <laughs> and we swung it to see what would happen if, you know, if this bag fell accidentally out of, um, you know, the, the overhead bin and onto a, um, an armrest. I, so I think I think some of my bag I think some of my bags have experienced that hammer. Yeah, exactly. And then we also looked at ergonomics. We didn't just look at their strength. Um, we had humans who um, tried to pack them, open them, close them, um, use various pocket, pockets, flaps, closures. We saw how easy it was for men and women of different sizes to grab the handles, the straps, carry and pull. And we went over a bunch of different surfaces. Um, sidewalks, curbs, cobblestones, dirt roads. Uh, and, um, you know, they, for the most part, this group of bags did pretty well. They all got an overall score, a Consumer Reports overall score, uh, that's equivalent to very good. It's not the top score, but it's very good all, all around. And some of the bags got top scores for certain aspects um, of their um you know, certain aspects. So that, uh, we, we got some interesting results. You know, for me, I go back to the wheels. You know, when the, when the first wheeled luggage came out, there were only two wheels on the bag. It was an improvement, but it didn't go far enough. Now I don't look at any bag unless it's got four wheels. Right. Yes. I, I think every bag that we looked at was a spinner. So it's a four wheel spinner, uh, because that is what is in the market. That's what people really want these days. Exactly. And then, of course, you mentioned something very interesting. One size does not fit all. So how high the handle rises, how low it can go, is a big deal. Right. So that goes into the ergonomics, uh, the usability. Um, it's interesting how some bags, they have these telescopic handles, but they'll only go up to, um, they only have two levels. So if you, and then there's others where they have six different levels. So that can be very useful uh, depending on uh, how you're using the bag and whether you're dragging it or just um, keeping it uh, vertical and moving it along a line, say. Um, and it also has to do with how many different size people you have in the family. That's right. Who gets to handle the bag? <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking with Toby Stanger, the senior editor at Consumer Reports. For me, you know, I, for, for me, I, 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 I'm sure that wasn't part of your test, but it's the color of the bag. For me, because everybody's got a black bag, and and you know when you when an airline misplaces your bag or delays it, and they ask you to identify it, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Oh, it was black. Uh, that doesn't doesn't really help a lot of people. I remember years ago I was at the luggage claim at the carousel at Eastern Airlines at LaGuardia, and standing next to me waiting for his bag was the famed designer Emilio Pucci, and I I always say I cannot wait to see what his bag is. And we're waiting, uh -huh. and we're waiting, and we're waiting. And what comes out of the conveyor belt? The ugliest vomit green bag I have ever seen with, <laughs> with, with orange baggage sacks, Dayglo. And 
he saw me looking at that bag the, the minute that he looked at it. He knew exactly what I was thinking. He looked at me and he smiled as if, you see, no one's going to lose this bag. <laughs> Toby well, Steiner. that's true. To- I know. My thanks to Toby. Recently, I went to Germany to visit the plant where they design, build, and repair Remova bags. They're the iconic German brand. In my book, they really distinguish themselves because they're one of only two luggage brands, the other being Briggs & Riley, that offer a true and real lifetime warranty. They'll fix anything. It's also their 125th birthday. So I sat down with Emily Davidis to discuss the history of that luggage. Emily Davidis, welcome. Thank you, Peter, for having me. And we talk about Remova because that's where this exhibit is. It's your 125th anniversary of an iconic German company that has always, you know, excelled in design and innovation. And I must say, because in the interest of full disclosure, I have your bags durability. I mean, I I beat the crap out of my bags and I still carry them. And it's sort of a badge of honor. Even if I should tell you, I have the metal bag and it's a little dented and I love it. I love it that it's dented. And it's beautiful. And it's, Yes, the dent gives it the character and the personality. But let's talk about the history of the company because 125 years for any luggage company is, is an accomplishment because how many different bag companies are there out there in the world and they come and they go. Absolutely. But you guys really started in Germany. It's a family company. Uh, and it really, it, there's, there's a connection with aviation. There's a connection with metal and, and aluminum. Yep. Right, you guys were like the first aluminum bags. Absolutely. So, uh, Remova was founded in 1898. It's a it's a German company that was founded in Cologne or Köln, if you say it in German. Um, it was founded by the Morczek family. And if you want a bit of history, Remova stands for Richard Morczek Warenzeichen. Uh, which Thank you for not making me pronunciate, <laughs> pronounce that. Uh, so Richard was the son of the founder. Morczek was the family name. So this is the family that created uh, Remova. And uh, Varenzeichen means trademark. So Remova. Voilà. So you have a bit, of, uh, a bit of pronunciation here. I mean, some of the things in this exhibit that I've been ha- able to see show all the, the evolution of the company. But at the same time, some of your designs have never changed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it's it's a real reason for pride. Uh, we're 125, as you said. You don't have many uh, luggage companies that can uh, claim such uh, heritage. And that's the reason why we're uh, in New York today, because we wanted to show, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, this exhibition is open to the public. We wanted to show... Every, um, you know, every influence that uh, travel has had on our company uh, with, uh, as you said, uh, the first aluminium suitcase in the 50s that takes inspiration from the Junker, those, uh, you know, roof planes. planes, Absolutely. So uh, the the Morczek family was uh, really into aviation and took inspiration there. But we started off with, uh, you know, wooden trucks, uh, trunks, and uh, and, uh, we evolved from there. Uh, The little anecdote uh, that we like to repeat is that uh, there was a fire at the factory in Cologne in the third 1930s and the only thing that survived from that fire were the aluminium um, elements of the suitcases and that's where the idea of using aluminium and Remova was the first to use this uh, material. You know we take a look at the evolution of let's say Remova or even other companies like Cartier it all goes back to aviation. Absolutely. Uh, you know uh, there was a famous, famous French World War I pilot named Santos. Yeah. And That's the he, name he the went watch. to his friend Cartier and said, I have a problem because they, everybody was only making pocket watches. So I, I need to see what time it is and I can't reach into my pocket. Hence the, 
the, wrist, the wristwatch was born. Absolutely. To, and that's how it started, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I love what you said at the beginning, uh, the durability of our cases. Yeah. And that's something really that we pride ourselves on. If you own a Remova, it's, it's for life. And that's why we also offer an unconditional lifetime warranty. This which, is something that is relatively new for you to do. Yeah. Uh, there's only one other company that I know that does it. That's Briggs & Riley in this country. And you know what? The only two bags I own well, are Briggs & Riley. You're a man of taste. What? You are a man of well, No, great common taste. sense, because I beat the you-know-what out of my bags, yeah. and you know what? You fix everything. Yeah, and we, we also like to say every dent tells a story. So yeah. you get your suitcase, the first dent kind of hurts, but then <laughs> you, you start accumulating them, and it you're like... It sounds like a love I've, song. Absolutely. The first dent is the hardest, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you remember that dent or that sticker you got during a specific travel. And that's also why at this exhibition we have loved suitcases from some very famous people as well as some people who have traveled around the world. Like who? So we have Spike Lee's case. Um, we have Martha Stewart's. Uh, we have uh, some of our ambassadors, uh, you know, LeBron James, Roger Federer. We have to beg them to let us display their Now, please suitcases. don't tell me that LeBron James' suitcase is seven feet. It is a trunk. So it looks <laughs> like a cabin next to him, but it's a trunk. And yeah, they love their cases because uh, it's a companion for travel. Um, and I think, you know, if you, if you come to the exhibition, you'll see, try to match the owner to the suitcase and you'll see there's a clear correspondence. It's personality connection time. Absolutely, yeah. Well, when you think about it, if it's done right, a suitcase is the art of travel. Yeah, it's a companion. Um, one reason, one thing we're also very proud of is Remova is one of the rare companies to produce its own suitcases. So we have our factory in Cologne that's been there since the beginning. We produce everything. We control the quality. Everybody's got a personality when it comes to their bags. Everybody's a story about their bags. In my case, if my bag could talk, I'd probably be in prison. I mean, <laughs> I mean, right? Where these bags have gone, I have one bag that we estimate has traveled about 18 million miles. Wow. Yeah. Right now, here's the interesting thing it lost a handle, we replaced the handle. It lost the wheels, it replaced the wheels. It lost hinges, we replaced the hinges. And I still call it the same bag. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's durability. And yeah. I think uh, we have a client care centers around the world. If you own a, a Remova, we'll fix it for you. We don't replace suitcases, we fix them. And uh, it's important for us that if you have a Remova, you pass it on to the next generation. And that's because we have very durable products. And the materials are, well, the materials, of course, the basic is, is the aluminum. It's, but then it's, now it's you aluminum and polycarbonate. And polycarbonate. Yeah. Now that's a brave new world for me. Yeah. Right? So we, we were the first brand to introduce polycarbonate in 2000. It's very light. It's very durable as well. But I have to tell you, when I looked at it the first time, I figured, oh, that's not going to be durable at all. It looks it looks like if you just stepped on it, it would collapse. But, but it, it doesn't. doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's a lot of research to get to that result. And I think, you know, we always get asked, what do you go for? Aluminium, polycarbonate? I think it just depends what's most important for you. If it's lightness, polycarbonate. If you want, I would say, those beautiful dense scratches and durability, aluminium is... Uh, is a good choice. Well, I, I will tell you that that I, I like my dents. I, I actually like yeah. my dents because somebody will look at it and say, oh, let me tell you how that happened. Absolutely. Right? And that's my carry-on. That's not the bag you check in. That Those get really, you know. Banged my, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. But I noticed at this exhibit, you got all the labels on the bags, all the destination labels, right? Everybody, And then everybody gets to decorate their own. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a... We did a marketing campaign featuring damaged or loved suitcases, which for a luxury brand... Is Doesn't damaged of, means loved anyway, I think. Well, you know, it was counterintuitive for a luxury brand to, yeah. so, to show used products, but it was a fantastic campaign. And I think nowadays you just have to, uh, you know, just to show that products are, uh, are there to stay and that they look good as they age. Well, one of the bags you have on exhibit here, I actually saw it in Cologne. Yeah. That's the bag with the crocodile teeth in it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, it was a campaign that was done when it launched just to show that it would resist pretty much everything. <laughs> it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's, it's, it's a fun exhibit. Yeah, it can survive the crocodile, but not some guy at Vern at baggage claim. <laughs> They're brutal. They're, they, they are. You know, the thing is, when we saw the testing that you guys do, yeah. I mean, you really subject these bags to cruel and unusual punishment. But to what they get subjected to, in fairness. So it's, uh, you know, those suitcases will go through a, a, a lot of uh, shakes. Uh, and I think uh, we constantly try to improve locks, wheels, wheel housing, frames, because we know those bags are going to go through some pretty intense moments. And we owe it to our clients who have invested, you know, into a luxury item that they're going to withstand those tests. You know, during my very first Ramoma bag goes back probably 25 years. Mm. And then during Hurricane Sandy here in New York, it literally floated out to sea and was never seen again. But something tells me it's probably still floating. <laughs> Message in the bottle. I, I hope it got found somewhere and it's been Oh, used. listen, you know somebody found it and you know they're using it. I hope so. I mean, but the point is, when you thought of all the damage that Hurricane Sandy did, which was substantial, and, and I suffered a lot too, the one thing I figured, okay, the bag literally floated out to sea, and it'll be okay. <laughs> that was my response, you know, because you knew that it was, it was made well. Well, it's, it's, it's a sad anecdote because of the context, but uh, hopefully the suitcase is uh, someone's companion at the moment. Do people write stories to you about their experiences with their bags? Um, well, w one thing is when suitcases are dropped at our client care centers, we get told specifically, don't touch the stickers, do not remove this dent, um, because, you know, they're part of the, the, the story of the suitcase. So we, 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 all, we also have, um, when we see some really beautiful suitcases, we offer to keep them and to replace. So you have some owners that just refuse and others are like, okay. Put it in your store, showcase it, and I'm, I'm, uh, they're happy to, uh, to spread the, the stories of their uh, cases. Because every bag has a story. Absolutely. Every dent tells a story. I know. And now how many bags have you gone through in your life? Well, I'm very fortunate to work for Remova, so I have access to a lot of products. Okay, and that's fine. One of the one of the <laughs> perks. But I'm I'm in the category of people who prefer a banged up suitcase with lots of stickers to a pristine one. So, I, I have some uh, I have some pretty old Remova, and uh, I'm uh, I'm very proud to to you know add stickers to every destination I go to. My thanks to Emily. Now you might be amazed by what some people define as luggage and what they'll try to either check in or carry on. It's not a surprise to the TSA, and officers Bernard Settles and Eric Guthier have seen it all. Bernard Settles and Eric Guthier, I hope I pronounced Eric's name correctly, from the TSA. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having us, Peter. You got it. So, in a given... Thank you, Paul. Yeah, you got it. In a given day, I mean, I know you guys are, are, are numbers-driven. How many bags are going through the conveyor belts? generally 
Well, it's it, it's it's gone up as oh, sorry. This is Eric. It's it's gone up as as travel's really gotten back to normal after COVID. If you think in America, I mean, we're screening you know over two million people per day, and these are just rough numbers. But you imagine you know you walk through the terminal and you see everybody has one or two checked bags. I mean, you can imagine we're talking. It's safe to say billions, or at least a billion, uh, checked bags per year. So you see every kind, shape, style of bag imaginable. And sometimes people trying to make something a bag that isn't a bag. This is Eric, yes. Um, it's, it's not terribly uncommon to see pillowcases with duct tape wrapped around them. Um, sometimes it's just things that they want to take with them, duct, duct tape together. <laughs> hey, listen, duct tape fixes everything, right? That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I heard stories about a watermelon Yes, this is Eric. Um, one of my previous airports, I was watching the uh, conveyor belt as bags were coming out onto the belt uh, for people who had just arrived. And I saw a plastic bag that contained just a watermelon. So what this passenger had done was they had checked a single watermelon, put a bag sticker on it, put a fragile sticker on it, because as we all know, watermelons are fragile. <laughs> and at the end result of that was a plastic bag with a bunch of watermelon juice, some watermelon rinds, a bag sticker and a fragile sticker floating around in uh, in the remnants, and the passenger was upset that their watermelon was was not full. Yeah, but Eric, I, but I got a question for you. Where is the little slip of paper from the TSA inside the watermelon saying you'd inspected it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it cleared X-ray screening. We didn't have to actually open the watermelon, so there was no need for the uh, inspection sticker. Okay, well, I got one for you. I showed up at at, at a baggage carousel one day. And, and by the way, my philosophy has always been there are two kinds of airline bags, carry-on and lost. But one day I did have to check my bags, and I'm at the carousel, and what comes out of the conveyor onto the carousel? An automobile tire. And somebody had checked it in. So that, I guess that was a bag, too. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. If the airline will take it, go for it. All right, so now let's talk about some of the things, before we get to the bags, some of the things that people, other than the watermelon, will actually attempt to either check in or carry on, both of which have to be inspected. I mean, chainsaws? Really? Hey, this is Bernard. Yes, a chainsaw is not, um, not fairly uncommon, believe it or not. You'd be surprised at the number of household items, gardening items, uh, engineering, car parts that we see on a daily basis. And the thing is, obviously... And the check bag... Yeah. A chainsaw is fine as long as you don't have any gas in it. There's no gas in the reservoir. Oh, that makes me feel so much better so I can take my chainsaw. <laughs> you can take your chainsaw. <laughs> All right. Now as long as it's in check bag. All right. It's got to be yes, in the it's it, check bag. Yes. It's got to be in the bag, right. Um all right, so my next question obviously is, of all the bags that you see, forgetting the duct tape, and this is for Eric or Bernard, I mean, is there a bag that you, that you constantly see, that a type of bag, not a, not, a, not a brand name or a model, but a type of bag that you go, that this bag will hold up? You know, is it the hard-sided bags, the soft-sided bags, the garment bags? Is there one that stands out for you guys? Hey, this is Bernard. I mean, no particular brand, but I would say definitely, the, you can tell when the bag is pretty new. You know, all the edges are still pretty sharp. There's no bulges from the side of it. You know, some items constantly poking in that one side. Um, but I think the hard shell bags are, you know, those, those tend to be, you know, they look a lot cleaner, nicer when they're new, but they get worn down over time because people, people will use their bags for years. 
So you can tell, you know, when the bag is on his last leg or if a bag has a lot of miles on it. So I think it would just depend on how often you buy a bag. Right. Well, in my this case, is Eric, and that, that's a yeah. that's a great point. Um, the main one of the things I like to remind people of is, you know, the bags are there to protect the things that you're traveling with. There's no bag that's impervious to damage. Um, the, the main point is to find one that's going to last as long as possible, as Bernard said. Well, listen, with the amount of flying that I do, my bags end up in a hospice in about three months. So it's uh, it's, it's not it's not a good sign when you see when you see my bags, Bernard. You'll know it's me. <laughs> but. <laughs> Let's move on to, to, to the other subject that people are always asking me about, and that's the TSA-approved locks. Because it, it begs another question. Let me, let me tell you what the question is. And that is, I always tell people, what are you packing in your bags that you need to lock? Why would you pack a brand new camera or a brand new article of clothing or a, a, you know cash or, or negotiable securities or you know, expensive heirlooms that no one can replace that, that, you know, no, no amount of locking is a good idea for that. But the point is you guys, when you see a lock, you have the keys to get in it, right? This is Eric. Right. Uh, this is Bernard again. Go ahead, Bernard. It's all good. Hey, yeah. So it just, um, um, you know, the locks of people's own personal security, um, um, they, you know, because people do steal bags and the locks can kind of serve as a deterrent um, to stop someone from taking your bag right off the carousel or wherever. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, we do have access to those locks. The TSA lock, uh, we can we can open it, no problem, conduct our screening and make sure that it's locked back and you'll, you'll have your lock back in your bag intact when and, we're, and, we're and, conducting screening. And, by the way, Bernard, tell me if I'm wrong, just because I have a TSA lock on the bag doesn't necessarily mean you're going to open it. You're going to open it if you need to open it, but that way right. you can, right? Right, that is correct. That is correct. Now, other than the watermelon, which I love, and there's there's another one with, that involves a dog. I, I guess I can talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, that would be, be my story. I, um, uh, this is Bernard again. We had, I was working at the International Station at our airport. And it's not too it's not, you know, too uncommon for those bags to have a little bit of extra, you know, you need to they require a little bit of extra attention. This one bag in particular, um, the entire bag needed to be searched. As soon as I got the bag open, maggots fell out. Mm. And so I'm going through the maggots, the fish, and in the middle of the bag was a Velcro bag, um, whose contents were dog poop. There were dog, there was dog feces, what appeared to be dog feces inside of a velvet, a purple velvet bag. Now you see, Bernard, you know, in addition Bernard, to all the other fish. Bernard, this is so such an easy case to solve. This is the bag you want somebody to steal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. I mean, That's come on. Well, I don't think anyone would even want to steal that bag. Okay, what happened to that bag, Bernard? I reported it to my supervisor at the time, and I went on to the next bag. So I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it was disposed of. <laughs> it better have been disposed of. Wow. I'd love to see yeah. I'd love to see the passenger bag claim for that after, after it was disposed. Because <laughs> crazy stories. <Right. laughs> Absolutely crazy stories. Now, the good news, by the way, uh, about your new computer equipment, the CT scanners, really allows you to do some very, very precise searching through bags without necessarily the physical need to open the bag, right? 
This is Eric. Uh, yeah, that's correct. We're able to really get a good image of everything contained inside the bag and really do a vast majority of screening uh, without actually having to open the bag. There's certain circumstances where if we can't tell what something is or if we think there's uh, something that may need a little extra attention, we'll still open the bag. But uh, by and large, um, we have such good equipment now. The CT scanners are great. Um, we're able to search a lot of bags without actually open them, opening them. And that can actually streamline the lines, too. Absolutely, absolutely. As more people go back to flying and they're, they're checking more and more things, um, having better equipment certainly helps. My thanks to Bernard and Eric. Has an airline ever lost your bag? Chances are they found it. But what about the bags that never get reunited with their owners? Where do they go? They go to a small town, Scottsboro, Alabama. And Brian Owens, CEO of Unclaimed Baggage, then sells those bags. It's a great story that keeps on giving. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Brian, so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Peter. It's good to be on with you again. You know, it's hard to believe that you guys are celebrating a 53rd anniversary because I first came down there probably in the 80s. So I was... uh, you, you guys started, what, in 1970, right? We did indeed. It, it, my dad started the company. He was an insurance salesman and had the entrepreneurial bug. He borrowed $300 from one of my grandfathers in a 1965 Chevy pickup truck and went off and bought his first load of bags. Amazing. And when you say bought a load of bags, let's talk about how that works. You know, if an airline can't find who owns the bag, well, where does it go, Right. Uh, because they've already presumably paid the baggage claim on it to the passenger who, who lost the bag. And the next stop may be Scottsboro, Alabama. The Scottsboro, Alabama is the, is the final resting place after the airlines go through their tracing process and settle all their claims. We stock uh, 7,000 never-seen-before items um, every day uh, in the store. and You'll see uh, cars in the parking lot from... 50 states and, and 40 countries, uh, uh, as it goes. Of course, they're not looking for their lost bags. They're looking to buy new stuff. Exactly. And we, and, and a couple of years ago, uh, we also went online at unclaimedbaggage.com. You can shop there as well. And by the way, we're not talking about a little store here. We're talking about more than 50,000 square feet of items on sale, which is amazing. I mean, you have, Mm. when I was first there, you had, this will date me now, of course, you had entire display cases of iPods. Gee, whatever happened to those? Uh, You had Rolexes and Ray-Ban glasses, and you had 
and of course, jewelry and watches. Um, and at one point, what you had, you had a violin, you had emeralds. I mean, you had, you had a tile from the space shuttle. Yes, indeed. We, we have had quite uh, the unusual collection that, that's come over the years. We, we did have an item from, from the, the, uh, the space shuttle. We've had artifacts uh, from Egypt that date back to 1500 B.C., um, and I was in the uh, store just uh, a day or so ago, and there's a three-carat diamond solitaire ring, uh, $60,000 retail price, and ours is priced at 20, our price is 29000 Okay, here's the stupid question of the day. Somebody packed that in their bag? You know, if these guys could talk, what a story they, they would have to tell. Some items are, are, are you'll find them and and they come from suitcases. Some items are are uh, left on board the airplanes or um, the, the lavatory seat back pockets. You name it. And of course, it's it's remarkable that people will actually pack so so many items of value in their checked in bags. You have you know an entire clothing department in your store, and it, unless I'm mistaken, Brian, at least half the the items still have the price tags on them. They were brand new when they were packed. No, that's correct. People tend to take their best items with them uh, when they go on trips and oftentimes they're going to for special occasions, could be weddings or uh, going to a resort. Um, and they, they go out and buy new things uh, just for the trip. And sometimes they buy new things while they're out and we'll see, we'll see the bags on the backside of their trip. In your experience, What's the most surprising discovery you made? Mm. You know, I love the, the Egyptian artifacts that we received a, a couple of decades ago. Um, items like burial masks and scarabs. Um, we actually had a, um, a mummified uh, hawk. Um, as was, was their tradition back in, in ancient Egypt, they would they would mummify and entomb uh, their their animals and their pets um, after they after they died. That's my favorite. Now, of course, when you buy the bags, you're buying them sight unseen from the airlines. You really have no idea what's in them. So those bags arrive at the store. Somebody's got to go through them. Mm. Yeah, we like to say it's it's like Christmas every day. That's when we open those we open those bags up, and we have no idea uh, what we'll find inside of them. And we, we found uh, often we find uh, designer uh, clothing and items. Uh, uh, we've also found uh, great electronics. Um, it, I like to say it, it's a little bit like an archaeological dig. Um, it was when you look at uh, a bag an unclaimed bag that, that comes into our facility, it's, um, it really is a commentary on, on what people are, are, are uh, wearing, what kind of consumer items they have with them. It tells you a lot about our society. So what you're telling me is you probably don't have a lot of bell-bottom jeans for sale right now. <laughs> I think we would have some, uh, some designer label jeans, but probably not too many uh, bell-bottom jeans. <laughs> Now, are you still doing an annual ski sale? We indeed do an annual ski sale. It is always the first Saturday in November. 
Um, and people come and, and camp out in the parking lot the night before. We make it a lot of fun. We, we have um, uh, uh, fire pits and s'mores and uh, pizza. We uh, show movies on, on a big screen uh, televisions, and and uh, it is it is an absolute uh, must-see event. Um, there'll be thousands of people that'll come through on, on that Saturday, the first Saturday, in November. Wow. Now let's talk about the bags themselves, because you also don't just sell the contents of the bags. You sell the bags. We do. Yeah, we, we, uh, you'll see all different kinds of bags from, um, uh, to me and, and, uh, Renoa, away bags, uh, it, we get it all. I will say this, in one of my second or third visits to your store, I actually bought my very first Remova bag, and uh, it had already been dented all over the place, which gave it, of course, character. It was a big mm-hmm. Remova bag, and mm-hmm. that stayed with me for years and years and years until Hurricane Sandy, when it was mm-hmm. th- that bag was in my basement, and it literally floated out to sea and was never seen again. Oh my goodness. So I, I best, I, I should have to come back and try to find another bag. <laughs> well, we always are glad to have you there. Uh, what's the biggest surprise when people come to your store that they, that they see for sale? Usually when people walk in the door for the first time, they're, they're just amazed uh, at, at the expansiveness um, of, of uh, the building. And we we occupy over a city block, and and as you said, it's over fifty thousand square feet, and it's very bright. Um, it's clean. We just went through a, a, a massive uh, renovation uh, for the the retail facility. It's departmentalized with um, uh, men's and women's clothing. A whole department dedicated to jewelry. A, a whole floor dedicated to sporting goods and electronics. Uh, there's a wing dedicated to children's items. Uh, we even have a little outpost building we called our bargain basement. And it's, it's, a, it's the place where people like this go and dig and find their treasures. My thanks to Brian. And then, what do you need to know about your bags? Christopher Elliott, founder of Elliott Advocacy, has the important information. Christopher Elliott, how are you, sir? Hey, Peter. Good. How are you doing? Good. You know, we could we could do the entire show just on jokes about luggage, um, but I like to start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I like to start each segment with just a little funny one. You know, the the, the other the other classic one was the guy who goes up to the counter. He goes, uh, "Can you please t- send this bag?" Um, oh, no, no, I, I'm blowing this. He said, "Will you please send me today from New York to Chicago to to Cleveland to Chicago back to Cleveland back to Wyoming and then Boston." And she said, well, sir, we can't do that. He said, well, you did that with my luggage yesterday. And that's, <laughs> and that's here we are. So I, I should ask you, how's, how are your bags, Chris? <laughs> uh, they're holding up pretty good. <laughs> They've all made it with us now. You know, I have to say I'm really impressed. Uh, if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, we should be making a lot of jokes about lost luggage. But a lot of airlines have now put in systems that will scan your luggage, you know, like FedEx and UPS do. And they've brought their loss record down to something that's almost manageable. It's true. And, and you know, the thing is, 
what people don't realize is that once you check your bag in and you get your bag tag with that barcode, I, let me tell you what I do. When I get to the gate, I assume nothing. I show the gate agent the barcode and say, hey, can you just punch this in and see if the bag's been loaded? And you know what? Nine times out of ten, they have the ability to do that, and it, mm-hmm. it, it makes a big difference. And then on some airlines, uh, yeah. uh, Delta, they'll actually text me and tell me, well, you know, I'm sitting in my seat. We haven't pushed back from the gate yet. I'll get a text from them saying, oh, your bag's on the plane. That's pretty good. Yep. Absolutely. Well, when you're checking your bag, uh, the thing that I always do is I take a picture of it. I know it looks really weird and the gate agents, the ticket agents get a little bit funny with it, but I always take a picture of the bag and especially of the tag. And I always make sure that it says the correct airport on it because sometimes they'll put the wrong one on. I mean, I've seen that happen before. Well, listen, and, M- uh, I'll tell you something. MAD does not mean Madison, Wisconsin. It means Madrid. And the three-letter codes are so interesting. Do you know what FAT is? Fat. What is it? Are you asking? I am. Uh, I should know that. I, I should know that. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't. Okay, you ready? Fresno. I'm ready. Fresno Air Terminal. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, you know, people are constantly getting uh, MCO, it's, which is Orlando, but ORD is is not Orlando, it's Chicago. So, you and, know, it, it, it gets kind of weird. And MCI is what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to tell you. I, it's just jump the travel rider. Okay. <laughs> it's, I should know that. Yeah, I should, should know, know that. that. It's, it's Kansas City. But, you know, what's, yeah. what's interesting about all of these is people don't pay attention. You, you're right. They don't pay attention to the three-letter code that's on their tag, especially the three-letter code if they're making a connecting flight for the vinyl connecting flight of, their, of what their tag says. Yeah, some of these can be really interesting. Like, uh, I'm in Japan right now, so F-U-K is Fukuoka, but, uh, you know, it also is a naughty word in English. So they, they get very interesting, these, these three-letter airport codes. They do. And, of course, we now live in the age of the Apple AirTags, which I have to tell you, I swear by now. We... we um, we're able yeah. to actually tell the airline where our bag is before they even know it. And there have been so many stories just in the last two years where people have tracked their luggage when the airlines couldn't. Just uh, a little, just last week, there was a, a kid who uh, tracked that, his uh, bicycle with a with an air tag and found it. Well, you know the, the famous and, uh, you know, the famous example was the United Airlines passenger about two weeks ago who they lost her bag. She called United and said, and she'd flown from San Francisco to New York, and she called United and said, listen, I know where the bag is. It's in San Francisco. And United says, we can't find it. And she said, I'm telling you it's there. You know what she did a day later? She got on a plane, flew to San Francisco, mm-hmm. and got her bag. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great story. But you know, Peter, one of the other reasons you want to take a picture of your bag is just in case it does get lost, the first thing they ask you, you know this, yeah. is what? What does it look like? They want to know what the bag looks like, right? I know. And so if you have a picture of it, then you, you can show them and say, here's my bag. We're talking to Chris Elliott, the founder of Elliott.org. Chris, have you ever lost a bag? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was in Scotland, and um, what happened was they delivered the, the luggage to the carousel, and I had it was a black bag. 
And so someone thought that that was their bag and they took it. And they discovered when they got home that it was their bag. And that's one reason why I always say, hey, look, if you're going to have a black bag, which most people do, at least put a ribbon around it or something that's going to denote it as unique, as yours. So, you know, uh, uh, anything that's going to, even if it's just like a little, uh, you know, luggage tag, but just make sure it doesn't get confused with someone else's black bag. Why does everyone want to have a black bag? You mentioned this in, in, in our last segment. I mean, yes, you want to, you want to put like day glow orange or green on it. You want to put, mm-hmm. you want to make it, make it your own distinctive art piece, spray painted. I don't care. Uh, but when you, if the airline misplaces your bag or you just got to go find a bag, telling everybody that it's black doesn't really help anybody. Yeah. You know, um, one of the best purchasing decisions I ever made was getting one of those pink bags, one of the wireless carriers, I think it was Sprint, that had, uh, that was marketing these shocking pink bags. No, that was T-Mobile. That was T-Mobile. T-Mobile. That's T-Mobile. That's okay. That's what it was. Yeah, so T-Mobile has this shocking pink bag, and it really is very bright, and so I got it while I was in Switzerland, and um, my boys who travel with me said, Dad, that is just just, it makes you look like you're you're in a Barbie movie. And I said, no, no, we're going to use it. And it's been great because you can always see that thing coming down the carousel because no one else has a pink bag. <laughs> and uh, we've, you know, we've traveled with that thing and it's held, held up really nicely too. The only thing I would say about that bag, and this is something that you really should mention to people, is that if you have one of those charging stations, you know, those little batteries on the inside, make sure that you take it out or at least you check to make sure that your airline will allow it. Because no joke, we were on um, a Virgin Australia flight, and they called my name, and they said, um, "Mr. Elliot, uh, one of your bags has a battery in it. What do you want us to do with it?" And they had, you know, screened this thing, and they had seen the battery, and I had totally forgotten about it. And they ended up disposing of it. But you know, they have this, like you mentioned before, this great ability to track your bag and to match it to you. So they knew that it was my bag, and a flight attendant came over, and uh, you know talked to me about the bag and they ended up taking the battery out and throwing it out because it was not allowed. You know, there's the other issue, of course, not the tag that they put on your bag with the barcode, but it's the tag that you put on your bag with your ID on it. And I always tell people three things you got to know. One, never put your address on your ID of your bag because that's an advertisement to everybody that you're out of town. Uh, which mm-hmm. you can put on the, on, on, the, on the bag tag, of course, is maybe your cell phone number, and that's it. And then the third thing you got to remember is airline conveyor belts like to eat bag tags for breakfast. So why don't you open your bag, get some nice strong duct tape or you know, fabric tape and an indelible magic marker, and write on the inside of your bag your name and your phone number so that when the outside bag tag goes off and they're trying to figure out who, who the bag belongs to, all they got to do is open it up, and they can reconnect you with the bag. But I go one step further, Mr. Elliot. I put another tag on my bags, which I think you'll find funny. I hope you will. It's a two-word line that I put on the bag tag. You know what it says? Mm-hmm. Don't even. <laughs> okay, so I have to tell you, I am right now in Japan. We got, just got off a, a great cruise. Uh, this is uh, Lynn Blad National Geographic Coastal Cruise. A lot of folks who, you know, th- this is not for the same of wallet here. People have money. One of the things I noticed and I wanted to mention to you is that a lot of these folks had gone to the luggage store and bought some really nice luggage just before their uh, cruise. And 
that seemed to me to be a mistake because what that does is it advertises, hey, here's, I have this brand new luggage. I have valuable things that are worth stealing. Please steal from me, relating to your don't even. And so my, my advice is make your luggage look as inconspicuous and beaten up as possible. You want that to be the last thing that people will pilfer. Yep, I hear you. Well, look, I've got, I have two bags that I love. I love, I love uh, Briggs & Riley because of their lifetime warranty. And I also love Remova. And both of those bags, I love these bags, uh, but I love it when they're dented. I love it when they're scratched. Mm-hmm. I love it when they're a little bit torn or frayed uh, because it's less conspicuous, as you say. Unfortunately, uh, people think that the more blingy their luggage looks, the better it is. Somehow you have a better trip. But actually, it ends up having the worst, the, the exact opposite effect because, uh, you know, there's a higher chance that people will steal from you if your uh, you know, luggage is running down a conveyor belt somewhere. They're going to say, hey, Looks like they've got some valuable things in there, and they will—they'll open your luggage and, and take things from them. And that's the one thing we have to remind people: baggage thieves don't steal bags; they steal individual items from bags. My thanks to Christopher, to Brian Owens, to Emily Davidis from Ruova, to Toby Stanger from Consumer Reports, and to TSA agents Settles and Gutierrez. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, you know what to do. Just log on to petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony. Protus Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.